When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. I have 10 reasons that you've got to continue to believe in the Indianapolis Colts' hopes for the playoffs. I've got, uh, we're going to ask you a question about the Purdue Boilermakers, ranked number two for the first time since 1988. Do you remember their starters? Pacers tonight at Minnesota. Indiana loses a few through the transfer portal. Are they in line to pick up somebody very important in the transfer portal? We'll talk about all that. This is Inside Indiana Indiana Sports, now with Ken Sterling. If you love it, punch subscribe, hit like, ring the bell. Let's go. We're brought to you by the great people at mybookie.ag. Go to mybookie.com. You got all kinds of odds, boosts, and fun bonuses. If you use the promo code Kent Sterling, it is just that easy. All right, the top 10 reasons. You've got to continue to believe in the Indianapolis Colts. Despite the loss yesterday, the galling loss yesterday to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 10, still better than a 50-50 chance, still better than a coin flip to get into the playoffs, 53% chance to get in according to 538.com, and if they win this Sunday against the Houston Texans, that jumps all the way up to 61%. If they lose this game it falls to 25% or perhaps a little bit lower. This, they're almost doing games now. you got two games left on this schedule that are really, really difficult to win. You've got New England here, and then you've got Arizona in Glendale on Christmas night. Those two games are both Saturday night games, December 18th and then December 25th. you got to win one of them. you got to get to 10 wins. You don't get to 10 wins you got no chance. So beating Houston, Oakland, and Jacksonville in the other three games, absolute must-dos. We're going to assume they're going to, and I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Number nine, the Colts are healthier than at any point this season. Their injury list, virtually empty. That's a really good thing. Now there are guys who are on the IR, like Julian Blackman, Julian, and Kari Willis. Those guys are on IR. How about Rodrigo Blankenship? Also on IR, but that really hadn't matter, mattered because the, no, the replacement hadn't missed a kick. So what the hell? We don't care right now about Blankenship. He can sit at home and play with his Legos for all we care, as long as kicks are being made by Michael Badgley, and they are. Number eight, and yesterday, really no updates on any injuries. It seems like DeForest Buckner, scary 
for a bit because you can't lose him for that defense. However, he came back into the game and looked pretty good. He had a sack after he got hurt. All right, so we feel pretty good about that. Feel good about Darius Leonard, who was better yesterday. 15 tackles yesterday, season high for him. All right, number eight. You got to believe that Frank Reich has learned that 25 straight pass calls is a recipe for disaster. We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but there are unintended consequences to throwing the ball as often as the Colts did yesterday. You have got to keep defensive on- defenses honest. You can't let Todd Bowles out-scheme you by covering both guards in the center and going kind of a bare defense. You can't allow that. That's the old 46, right, where you cover the guards, you cover the center, you dare people to run against you. If you've got a guy like Vita Vea, it's going to be really difficult to run against you because he is one of the best defensive tackles in the game. And so you're going to turn it loose and try to throw to win it every single down. You've got to keep defenses on their toes. You cannot allow. You can't allow a guy like Shaq Barrett to rush with impunity off the edge with 100% belief that the Colts aren't going to run the football. You can't do it because you saw what happens. We're going to talk about that in a little bit too. Number seven, Quiddy Pay has had a sack in each of the last three games. There were people who were thinking, hey, Quiddy Pay, what in the hell is this guy doing? Why was he taking 21st overall? What does Quiddy Pay do that is so special? Well, you know what he does? He is relentless. And not only does he get to the quarterback, but he stops the run too. One of the highest graded defensive players on that Colts defense, Quiddy Pay. I think has been terrific for the entire season and recently even better because he's getting to the quarterback. Number six, Michael Pittman is not going to allow himself to play like that again. He's got way too much pride to not bring the ball down. He came into that game yesterday with zero drops. He had drops yesterday. And in that fight with Winfield for that jump ball that was thrown deep by Wentz and underthrown, Pittman didn't get it. Winfield did because Winfield did. That game came to an end in the favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's part of the problem with throwing it that often and turning the ball over. If you turn the ball, we'll get to that in a minute. But what happens, we'll get to it now. The unintended consequence of turnovers and throwing it 25 straight times. All right. What are the unintended consequences of throwing it 25 straight times or calling 25 straight pass plays is that you're going to allow a guy like Barrett to come unencumbered off the edge, unencumbered in his own mind by fear of the run. So he's, he's coming, he's pinning his ears back, and he is in attack mode, right? That's what he did. So he gets the, uh, the fumble, forces the fumble, the strip sack, Tampa Bay gets the ball, and off they go. Then what you've also got, you got a a guy like Naheem Hines who feels a pressure to try to make a play, calls a fair catch because he doesn't want that thing to bounce inside the five and pin the Colts' offense further back because they had become, at that point, somewhat inert. He muffs it, you give it up, and all of a sudden the defense is back on the field. With turnovers... And the odds of turnovers are accelerated by the, uh, 
by your pass-first mentality, right? All of a sudden, they get fatigued, and you see what happened late in the game with Leonard Fournette from, what was he, at the 28? Off he goes to the house because the Colts' defense was gassed. You can't put 11 guys out there, play after play after play after play. They get a stop, and all of a sudden, they got to go back on the field. 60 minutes of football is a long time, and fatigue occurs with defenses, and it did yesterday, and that's what cost, in the end, the Colts the game. But it was the turnovers that caused it. All right. Um, Number five, Houston, Vegas, and Jacksonville are all winnable. In fact, they should be wins. The Pats must win. Uh, Christmas in Arizona, that's the one game you can lose. You've got to beat all the AFC opponents left. So you get that tiebreaker for the seventh spot in the playoffs. If you don't get to 10-7, and seven, adios muchacho. If you get to 10-7 and seven, but lose another game to an AFC opponent, it's going to be really difficult to win that tiebreaker. You've got to win the remaining four games against AFC opponents. You have to win those games. The game in Arizona, if you win, all the better. But if you lose that game you can withstand that and still go to the playoffs. What you cannot withstand is losing to Houston, to, you know what, New England, that might be tough anyway. Houston, Vegas, Jacksonville, you can't lose any of those three games or the season is over. Uh, Number four, Wentz is still playing well. Wentz played well yesterday. We can moan all we want about Carson Wentz throwing, uh, you know, picks. But what really happened, the strip sack was terrible. The fumble by Pascal, that's not got anything to do with Wentz. A jump ball to Pittman, you trust Pittman because that's who he's been this season, right? That winds up being an interception. And then on the other end, at the end of the game, you don't care about that. That's just the way it goes. You're trying to make a play. You're going to throw it into the end zone. What are you going to do? Try not to throw an interception on the last play of the game when you need seven to tie? Ridiculous. I wonder if that had been complete. Does Frank Wright go for two? I think he would have. Uh, Number three, Jonathan Taylor is still the best back in the NFL. And this weekend, you can bet in Houston, you're going to see a bunch of Jonathan Taylor. That's the way this defense works. You have got to run Jonathan Taylor. And Frank Reich says it himself. What they want to do is run the ball 43% of the time. The sweet spot for them is throwing it 57% of the time. You can't do what they did yesterday and completely abandon the run because Tampa Bay decides that they want you to throw. You cannot get manipulated into having Jonathan Taylor sit idly by while the offense sputters when it does what it is not designed to do. Number two, if not now, when? Right? No first-rounder coming up. You do have $57.6 million in cap room, so they're going to be able to go out and get a couple of free agents. But you're not bringing in a first-rounder, and and so how are you going to get help immediately to move this thing to the next level? You're not. How many people from within are going to get better this year? this offseason. Maybe Dial Odangbo, maybe Quiddy Pay. Other than that, Julian Blackman coming back, that'd be a nice thing, Julian. Uh, the offensive line, I think is going to be okay. If Glowinski goes and they replace him with Chris Reed, that's fine. T.Y. Hilton, I think, is in his last year 
as a cold, but that's okay. He hadn't caught a lot of balls. It's going to be okay. Losing T.Y. is manageable, but you need more weapons. Maybe through the 50, uh, $57.6 million in cap room, you can go get a guy. We'll see. Number one, still the team that beat the Bills 41-15 in Buffalo. There is every reason to look at that that game and believe that not only can the Colts win four of the next five, go to the playoffs, but win a game in the wild card round, get to the divisional round, and then it's roll of the dice. There is still reason to believe in this team. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We aren't even to December 1st yet. They're 6-6. Six and six. They can get there from here. We have seen this before with Frank Reich. Frank Reich is really good at getting players to believe that he believes in them. And that means that they get to believe in themselves. He's really good at that. Let's talk about Purdue basketball, ranked number two for the first time since 1988. March 7th, 1988. Do you know the starters for that team? We all know the coach was Gene Cady. Do you know who started for him? Can you think of one of them? Uh, How about Troy Lewis, Todd Mitchell, Melvin McCants, Steve Scheffler, who I still loathe. I hate Steve Scheffler. It seemed like Steve Scheffler played for Purdue for like 12 years. Uh, I, and he, they all look like that. All the Purdue guys, you, and they've got Caleb First now, who's like the second coming of Scheffler. Drives me nuts. That's who they are. Did you know also that Indiana beat that Purdue team on January 30th, 1988, 82-79? Uh, ultimately, that team lost in the NCAA tournament to Kansas State in the Sweet 16, a horrific disappointment for Purdue basketball, one in a litany of many. And now that they're number two, we're not playing games, right? You know what? We play nice with Purdue until they get to this level and start to think about national championship. Then we get a little bit salty and we start to extol the virtues of Indiana basketball over Purdue basketball, starting to take this rivalry a little bit seriously now, even though Indiana really hadn't been very good for the last 18 years. You know what? This year, it's personal again. Matt Painter, Purdue alum, Mike Woodson, IU alum, let's go to war. Let's see what happens when they play two times this year. Um, The exodus from Oklahoma continues. Spencer Rattler into the transfer portal. Would he be interested in coming to Indiana and being the guy that they put on the cover of the media guide and really expend a lot of energy toward in terms of NIL. Maybe. There is a huge network of Indiana graduates and alums who would like to see Spencer Rattler become a Hoosier. Maybe that could come to pass. If it, even if it does, this is a guy that Oklahoma said no to. They benched him, Right. Got to be better than Jack Tuttle. No offense to Jack Tuttle, but Spencer Rattler has to be better than Jack Tuttle. Let's see what happens. But we don't even know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. Until they have an offensive coordinator, there's no way that a guy like Rattler is going to pledge IU. Speaking of the transfer portal, uh, boy, oh boy, you got guys, Miles Marshall, uh, Jordan Williams, Cameron Buckley, all enter the transfer portal, and this is going to be an annual deal. There's going to be comings and goings, and hopefully Tom Allen has the wherewithal to put together a roster that's going to be an improvement over the one that just went 0-9 in the Big Ten. Is that too much to ask for $4.7 million a year? Now 4.7, because 200 
k of his salary for the next three or four years is gone in the buyout to Nick Sheridan, who was fired yesterday. Nick Sheridan's a really, really nice guy, and, and we wish him well. I, I don't think that he was a problem. You go try to figure out how to win a, uh, how to win a game and how to get first downs with a walk-on from Noblesville. God bless him. Running backs who are walk-ons, weapons. You got Hendershot. You know, you got Freifogel. Other than that, what you got for Indiana? You got an offensive line that's leakier than hell, and you got a defense where the best player on that defense, minus McFadden, is hurt. Taiwan Mullen, a terrific cornerback, hurt. This was just a confluence of a lot of bad stuff for the Hoosiers this year, and Tom Allen is not above blame in any of it. Pacers, Minnesota tonight. T-Wolves, a five-point favorite. Carl Anthony Towns averaging 23-9. and Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. They have won six of seven. We'll see what happens. All right, do you feel better about the Colts? I hope you feel better about the Colts. They have provided us reason to hope that over the last five games they're going to win four and they're going to find a way into the postseason tournament and win a game or two or three or four in it because the AFC playoffs are going to be an unholy mess. I have no idea who's going to win, who's going to lose games in the AFC tournament.